from Wise Blood by Flannery O'Connor. Later, he saw Jesus move from tree to tree in the back of his mind, a wild, ragged figure motioning him to turn around and come off into the dark where he might be walking on the water and not know it, and then suddenly know it and drown. This is Gothic. Previously on Gothic, let's journey to the contemporary now. Haven Harrow's car was found abandoned some 30 miles west of Macon, near the town of Brookfield. Despite an investigation by local and state police, little evidence was forthcoming. That was one year ago. And standing in front of you is Haven Harrow. Oh Oh my god! (laughs) And all three of them say... Help me. Oh, Jesus! Now it's time for this week's Gothic. Grace reaches out, finds the light switch, flips it on, and there is Haven Harrow standing in front of you. She reaches an arm out toward you and says, Help me. She looks very pale, watery, almost. She says, Help me. Help me. Oh, I don't like that. And then she says, find the blood. You must find the blood. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh, God. Okay, so Grace's alarm bells, Dr. Grace's alarm bells are clanging so loud, but literally as soon as Haven said, find the blood, I'm instantly like, what blood? Hmm. I think I'm just gonna straight up ask her, like, I'm noping, I'm about to take a step back, but I'm like, instantly, what blood, Haven? Find the blood. Find the blood. Find the blood. And then she reaches out and she touches your shoulder. Oh god, I don't like it! (laughs) And in that moment, she is no longer Haven Harrow, but rather... Oh god! Someone you haven't seen before here in the theater. This figure uh, is male. He is dressed in um, rather shabby clothes. Mm -hmm. His hair is a tangled mess. And he's got his arm on your shoulder and he's saying, Hey, uh, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta, like, just some spare dollars or something. And, and, man, or a blanket, you know, I just thought I, I was just here. I just wanted to, you know, crash here. You know, they... Oh, God. They sometimes let me do that. Pretty much as soon as I realize that Haven, now this guy, is like actually touching me, I'm taking a, a smart step back because that makes, I think that makes Grace pretty uncomfortable. And um, I think what I'm going to do is use my last hold that I have left over because otherwise I'm never going to use it. <laughs> and I'm going to ask what is being concealed here. I'm jumping to the conclusion that she was an illusion. And I want to figure out if this guy is also uh, not actually here. 
Well, you felt his arm on your shoulder. You see actually that behind him is like a big trash bag filled with something bulky. Could be a body. Who knows? He kind of startles and and also takes a step back when you pull away from him. And he kind of stumbles over his bag and it falls open. And inside is a blanket, even though he had just asked you for one. Oh look! Look, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't mean to scare you. I, uh, um, you were, you were, yeah. Uh, sorry, man. I, uh, my name's, uh, my name's Eric. Well, Eric, I appreciate you answering the question I was about to ask. You say they let you sleep here sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Joyce and uh, and uh, Harry, they sometimes let me, uh, let me, uh, you know, sleep here. You know, when it's cold out. But it's not particularly cold out tonight. Is the thing. Are Joyce and Harry the names of the people who actually run the theater? Yes. Well, it makes me feel more comfortable that he brought up their names than I wasn't like, oh, did Joyce tell you blah, 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 blah? Eric, did Joyce and Harry give you a key, or did they let you in in person? Well, the the back door's not usually locked. Oh, that's comforting. Thank you for letting me know. I do kind of want to, like check around the rest of the ground floor of the theater and see if I can if I can like see anything else out of the ordinary anything like that I'm kind of like oh what else is gonna weird that's gonna happen to me tonight all right Eric my name is Dr. Grace I'm staying upstairs please if you do not mind don't come upstairs to my room the upstairs area is also where there's a lot of storage of props and things. And so they uh, keep that section closed off and locked. You have a key to it so that you can get to your room. Okay, cool. I just want to like make sure there's nothing else weird going on downstairs and then go upstairs with the locked door to the upstairs area and then the locked door to my room. What what time of night did you, did, was it when we left off last time? Was it like midnight? Like nine or ten. Oh, okay. Would it be reasonable to assume that uh, do Joyce and Harry also live over the theater? No, they have a they have a house, not close, but you do have their number. Yeah, yeah. I want to check out the downstairs. I want to go up and I want to contact them and just let them know the situation first of all, and second of all, be like, I also wanted to, to double check how many other people have access to the upstairs portion of the theater because. Um, I would like to know if I'm going to encounter anyone behind the locked section of this building. She apologizes quite a bit. She says, oh, um, I mean, we let him in to sleep in there in the when it's cold, but I mean, it's not that cold. I didn't even think of it being an issue. I mean, he's he's promised only do it when it's, you know, really, really, you know, bad out. Uh, so I don't know why uh, he'd be in there tonight even. I mean, we do lock that back door. We usually will let him in. You know, we'll we'll unlock the door if, if we know that he's going to be there or, or if he talks to us beforehand and stuff. Uh, so that's that's kind of weird. And so very sorry about that. But Well, thank you, first of all, for confirming that he does, in fact, have such an arrangement with you. I assume that the back door to the theater was unlocked. I don't feel like quite have the authority to kick him out of the theater. I'm not sure what you would normally do in a situation like this, but I thought I would let you know that the back door apparently was, in fact, unlocked. I mean, I guess it could have been. I mean, we were working in there today, so it's possible that uh, it's possible that Harry forgot to lock the door. But yeah, really sorry about that. I can come over and get him out if you want. No one other than um, you and Harry and I have keys to that upstairs section. Ah, all right. Well, I'll leave it to your discretion whether you wish to come over and speak to Eric. I have locked the upstairs behind me, and I'll be keeping an ear out to make sure that nothing else untoward happens inside the theater. 
you lock the doors and you're thinking about it more and more. It just keeps bugging you. One of the things that she said that he wouldn't normally be there on a night like yeah. this and certainly not without having talked to them first. So when you asked earlier, you know, what's concealed here? That's the thing too that is kind of answering that question. Uh, is there hmm. maybe something else there? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think I want to stay up and do things. I'm looking at my moves to see if there's anything else that I could do from my room. Mad scientist something up. I have one called Weird Science, but it's about use magic. You essentially make a device that has one of the uh, attributes of the use magic move. It's just that you're using technology. So does it does it basically just have the same effects as use magic? Yeah, and create like a toaster that does one harm. <laughs> I mean, a toaster would do harm if you used it in the right way. It's a heat ray toaster. <laughs> it's a really effective toaster. It It toasts people, I call it. A toaster. <laughs> well, one of the effects of use magic is observe another place or time. I think I want to do a uh, telepathy thing where I'm viewing memories in an objective way. Not trying to change their mind or anything. Not trying to read their present thoughts. It's a, it's a purely memory-based. Okay, so what are you going to use here to make this happen? How about a big old magnifying glass? And, uh, <laughs> uh... I mean, you have the entire props department of the theater to... Kind I have of... the entire props department. A comically large magnifying glass <laughs> from some past Holmes play. Why don't you just go ahead and roll Use Magic and we'll go from there. It's a 7 plus 2 and 9. So I, I rolled a 9. And uh, so I choose an effect and a glitch. And the effect I want is observe another place for time. Actually, I kind of like it has a problematic side effect. Because if I'm messing in someone else's memories, that could make some really interesting, I don't know, side effects. Well, I think this will definitely require weird materials. All right. Goggles, comically large magnifying glass. I feel like I would be treating the surfaces of the goggles with some concoction, like um, pond water that's been distilled in moonlight. You have a vial of that on you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, and I'm like, I'm basically like rubbing it on the surfaces of the goggles. I like this idea that Dr. Grace has like a valise or like an old old doctor's bag or something and you open it up and there's just like oh, test yeah, tubes an old doctor's bag. and um, sample cases. Yeah. Oh, it could be one of those things where it like, it's got the shelves and it like folds out. Like when you open it, it like expands into like different shelves of things. All right, you put this thing together, and are you going to be able to use it here in the room, or do you have to go down to, you know, look at Eric creepily standing over him as he's trying to sleep, and you're, like, wearing these goggles and made out of a giant magnifying glass, and <laughs> he wakes up, and he just looks up, and there's just a green light shining on him. <laughs> Aliens again! <laughs> uh, I really wanted to stay in my room. Yeah. I have to, I feel like with a lot of magic, if you're trying to like do something about or to a specific person, you have to have either like something of theirs. So you could actually use this remotely, but you would need something of Eric's. Like a hair or something. I feel like that would be traditional. He touched my shoulder. I could uh, scrape some of the threads from my coat or whatever I was wearing, maybe onto the magnifying glass. 
you, using the magnifying glass, before you turn it into this uh, device, you, you scrape off uh, what may or may not be some DNA from Eric. You put your devicey together. You put it on. You hesitate for a moment. You plug it into a wall socket, and there's a hum. Dancing Queen by ABBA starts playing. <laughs> Astonishing even to you a little bit because you weren't really expecting uh, there to be enough materials on your coat from his you know hand touching it yeah. to make a difference but you do this weird virtual reality dive it's like you're wearing vr headset mm-hmm. you go zooming out of your room through the door Whoa. zooms down the hallway Zooms through the other door that's locked at the top of the stairs. Zooms down the stairs, down into the theater, and over into a corner where Eric is curled up uh, with his bag and his blanket on him. And you dive right into his head. And Sploosh. all being John Malkovich style, you uh, <laughs> zoom in to his head. And then there's a rewind happening at the same time. And it goes... And you and he are several blocks from the uh, theater and in fact he is curled up in a in a doorway he's got the blanket over him the bags behind him and it looks like he's settling in to go to sleep he closes his eyes and then he opens them and he stands up and he grabs the bag and the blanket puts the blanket in the bag and he walks the two blocks headed straight toward the theater crosses the street at a right angle turns on the sidewalk on a right angle, goes into the theater, then just stands there in the corner waiting. You come in. He sees you as a silhouette against the light of, of the other room. You listen for a moment at the door, looking around in the darkness, and then you seem to spot him, and you flip on the light. When you flip on the light, you no longer see you in front of you. What do I see? Well, actually, you do, but you see a weird overlay. It's like three scenes um, layered over one another. You see you. You see um, Jacob Candle in his truck. And you also see LJ on his motorcycle with the headlight aimed at you. Oh, God. (laughs) And the look on LJ's face is just astonishment, perhaps even a little bit of horror. (laughs) Then Eric's vision returns to normal, and he is reaching out to touch your shoulder, which he has just done in the memory. Your vision pulls out of that and then retracts all the way back up the stairs and through the doors again and into your goggles with an almost powerful thump and you like stagger backwards and sit down in a chair. I yank the goggles off my face and like toss them on the floor and I'm like wiping my hands on my pants because that made me really uncomfortable. That was super weird. It was weird the first time. It was worse the second time. I, oh Jesus. You know Grace wouldn't know that the other two had also encountered Haven. Right, yeah. But she did know that Jacob was going to sleep in his truck and uh, LJ was going to go out to look for the last place she was. And I think at that thought, Grace is like, oh God, oh Jesus. And I I think I'm going to go, you know, LJ's out of town, but I think like I want to go check on Jacob and I want to see, because now I think Grace is starting to suspect that something happens to the other two simultaneously. I want to go check on Jacob and see if that actually was a thing. Let's go ahead and go to Nathan. Before Dr. Grace gets to you, you've had your own experience with Haven Harrow appearing where perhaps she should not. When he turned back, 
It was no longer Deputy Beeler. It was Haven Harrow. And she yes. looks at you, Jacob, stretches out her arm toward you. You pull your feet uh-huh. back inside the truck. Uh, yes. Accurate. Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't want any part of this. <laughs> Can I roll the window up? It's a little oh. uncomfy at the moment because you are um, trying to scramble backwards in the truck as Haven uh, is there. The, um, the f- form of her just feels wrong to you. No, no. I mean, even if you hadn't just seen the person you'd just been talking to turn around then turn back and become somebody else, which, of course, triggers its own levels of anxiety in you. But this doesn't even feel like those other times. This is something colder to you. <laughs> she reaches out a, a pale arm and, and she says, Find the symbols. Find the symbols. Find the symbols. I'm gonna start kicking the door. I get it. The symbols. Go, 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 go. I don't like this at all. You start kicking the uh, door, trying to get. uh... Please get away from me. (laughs) The symbols. The symbols. Roll act under pressure. Okay, that's a cool. I'm okay at cool. I, I have doubts. Uh, oh, I only got a seven. On a seven to nine, uh, you succeed, but there are a, a few options you have to choose from. Okay. The first is that your window was partly rolled up during all of this, because you'd rolled it down, I guess, to talk to, to Deputy Beeler. Right, right. And so when you kick, you manage to break your window. Oh, man. Or when you kick the door, you actually manage to hit the latch and the door swings open. (laughs) (laughs) Or you kick at the door and what ends up happening is you manage to somehow slide down into the well underneath the dash. Uh, with the rest of your body, with your legs kind of sticking up toward oh my God. <laughs> where Haven is. So which uh, one of those would you like? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm all about this this life now. Uh, I'm going with the hard choice. I'm kicking the door open to it. <laughs> so you've succeeded in doing what you set out to do, which is kick the door. And this is what has happened. <laughs> you managed to unlatch it and it swings open. <sighs> And it kind of goes through Haven. Uh, This is not okay. Door just goes through Haven. And then she's crawling into the cab with you. Um, One hand kind of just under the gun rack on the back. The other on the steering wheel, pulling herself in, and her face Ugh. is coming closer, and... Listen, lady, I'm not like this. <sighs> okay, um, um, that's it. That's it. You know what? That's it. I'm gonna hit her right in the jaw for getting this close to me. Spooky ghost. I've got, I've got some brass knuckles, and I'm gonna hit her. I'm just seeing the scene in my head, and, and you're like, back, so you're... You're going to get a hold of your brass knuckles and lean forward and do a sit-up kind of thing and, and punch her. You know what? You're right. You're right. I would be kind of bad. I guess I'm just going to try to kick her. Get away from me, you <laughs> demon witch. 
Go ahead and roll. Good old kick some ass. Okay, kicking some ass. All right, symbol, you want a symbol? I got one on the bottom of my boot. Mm. (laughs) 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 That's a five. With my plus two. I have a plus two, and it got me a five. So, um, at the moment that you kick out with your foot she has one grip on the steering wheel and the other hand is on the back of the uh, seat near the gun rack that hand comes off reaches down just touches your leg and then you lash out with your foot but at the same moment that you lash out with your foot you see that it's no longer haven harrow but deputy beeler (laughs) why is he in the car with me and you kick him solidly in the face oh my god he goes sprawling backwards, going, "Son of a!" <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, uh, start yelling at this uh, deputy. I'm just gonna like just go ham on it, trying to get ready in case she turns into another freaky little girl to come take me away. Ask him what's the big idea of getting in here? Why'd you just leave me alone? Get out of here! So he looks quite confused and he's on his butt and he's rubbing his chin where you just kicked him he looks up at you and he takes him a moment to register what you're saying and when he does he frowns and i think this is i got a lot of rolls coming here at you pretty fast but i I think this is going to be a manipulate someone you want him to continue being confused and hopefully to realize that he was not in a good position here. Fun thing, we, we hit on one of my special moves. My playbook, I took fervor. When I manipulate someone, I use tough instead of charm. Ooh. Okay, so come on, bone dice. If I fail this, that is five points of experience. Okay, here we go. Uh, that is a total of nine. On a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. Okay, so you're what are you wanting from him? I want this guy to get away from me, leave me alone. He just he just crawled up in the cab with me for all I know. I've been drinking too much. This is a bad situation. He needs to skedaddle. He says, uh, what's going on here? What are you talking about? I was like, how do you think my boot just connected with your chin? You were up in, up inside my cab coming at me. You're lucky I wasn't armed. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I don't know what. I don't want nothing to do with your town. You just get out. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Uh, oh, uh, I, I, I am. I do not know what is going on here. And he looks down at his uniform and you realize he's got a, a body cam on. There, there, look at that. He realizes he sees it, and he's like, Okay, look, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to go back to the station. I'm going to take a look at this. Tell you what, uh, you just come in tomorrow, and we'll figure all this out. And he stands up, he uh, rubs his chin, and looks at you again, shakes his head, and he goes back to his to his patrol car, gets in, and pulls away, turning the lights off Ooh. as he goes. Okay. Okay, all right, grab my bottle I've put down on the floor. I'm going to take a swig of my jack. <laughs> what the hell was that? Close my door. Put my gun back in its holster. <laughs> Breathe. That's underneath the seat, you said, right? Yes, it was under the under the bench seat. Okay, what just happened? 
no one answers. What do you think, Jack? I'll take another swig. <laughs> You're always there for me. So what are you going to do here sitting in your truck after this just happened? Are you just going to continue taking swigs of the Jack till you pass out, or...? You know what? That was really, really weird. And Doc Grace, she's the reason I'm here. She's given me tons of help before. She's just down the street over there. Yeah, I think I need to go check on check on her and make sure she's okay. Because that was... I don't think that was the alcohol. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the alcohol. I mean, the officer was in on it. Yeah, no, no, no. All right, she might be in danger. I would, uh, I'm going to, like, check my cylinders, make sure it's all loaded. Jack, you stay here. I'll be back. <laughs> Grab my hat and uh, let's head let's head out over here to to her place. You slam the door behind you so that it closes and it doesn't stay the first time. I slam it again. Slam it again and kick it, adding another dent to the uh, to the panel. The aesthetic. And you turn around and start across the road. Do you are you the kind of guy that looks both ways crossing the road, or you just step out into traffic? Yeah, I step out into traffic. <laughs> Uh, there is no one there. Is that because this is a little town in Missouri? Yes. It is a place, isn't it? It is a place. So you get across the street without being hit by any other vehicles. And just as you are about to put your hand on the door to the theater, it opens. Oh. And standing there is Dr. Grace Morell. I shine a flashlight in her face. <laughs> what are you doing up? What? What? Excuse me, Doc. I look at her. Is it is it is it really her, or is it more of that that hocus pocus after me? Is it? That's a good question. Uh, is there some kind of roll he has to make? Nope. That's just uh, Jacob's head. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I I I tap her on the forehead, make sure she's real. I slap his hand away. Mister Candle, kindly get that flashlight out of my face. I I, I apologize. We've had incidents tonight and i just wanted to make sure you're doing okay what, what are you doing coming out here in the middle of the night well ironically i was also coming to check on you you have also seen something uh, yeah i think i've had a little too much to drink tonight doc i like turn and look behind myself and like listen real hard into the theater there's somebody in here with you do you feel safe in your truck is that a place that we could sit and just discuss things quietly without anyone listening in you know what i don't think that cop will be back yeah come on <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, I guess we go get in the truck. Yeah, we go get in the little pickup. I, I, I put the I put the bottle of Jack down over there near the, the near the stick shift. You know, make sure there's I dust off, throw a couple of the cans out of the door, make sure there's room for her. Swipe some McDonald's wrappers off the seat. Yeah, you you know exactly what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to Mikasa. It, charming, I'm sure. We roll the windows up. Yeah, yeah, roll the windows up. All right, so I've, after I make a big show of like looking up and down the street and make sure there's nobody like pressing their ear to the glass or anything super obvious like that. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so jumpy. I just encountered a rather unsettling individual inside the theater. Oh, really? Really? Is he, is, is he still breathing? Uh, uh, yes, he is. However, when I first spotted this person, he looked like... He looked like Haven. Ooh, hold on to your pants. Let me tell you what. I got questioned tonight by some two-bit half-pint deputy who suddenly went invasion of the body snatchers and showed up like Haven demanding to me to keep an eye out for some kind of symbol or something. Came crawling up and wait, forcing wait. herself up on me in here. And you know, I'm, a, I'm, 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 well, I was once a married man and I took this very serious. 
And I, I pushed her right out that door right there. I pushed the door right here. I kicked her right there. And, and then and then she turned back into this this magical little deputy, and he skedaddled off. And, wait, uh, wait. Mr. Candle, you mean to tell me you actually I take another witnessed. drink. I, like, wordlessly hold out my hand in, in like, like asking for the flask. Here. I also take a drink. <laughs> you actually witnessed this individual physically change faces. Well, it, you ever seen those really scary old 80s movies where they're like, there's a, there's like, they want to be a werewolf, they turn around, they come back, and they got the, the whole face change on? It was like that, except she was all up in my business, and it was real, and she was coming through the car and screaming about something. It was, I drink again. <laughs> it was pretty horrible. But the deputy didn't really seem to realize all that had happened. He had a, he had a, a, a camera on him, though, and he wants me to meet up with him he tomorrow. Did. He did, and I'm pretty sure that uh, evidence will be damning to his career. He'd probably want to keep it hush-hush of, you know, him coming on to me like that. (laughs) All right, I have two questions. You said Haven said something about symbols or was screaming about symbols? Yeah, something about she wanted to see my symbols. (laughs) I don't know, something or watch out for the symbol, look out for the symbols. I don't know, get the hell out of Dodge, Hmm. something like that. Mine told me to find the blood, and yours said to find the symbols. Well, it sounds like I got the better end of the deal here. What on earth? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, yours? Well, I went into the theater, uh, above which I'm renting a room, and uh, out of the dark loomed the face of Haven, who told me to find the blood multiple times, reached out for my shoulder, and promptly uh, turned into a stranger who had entered the theater. Apparently he is allowed to take shelter there sometimes. Did you say that this deputy wanted to view the footage from his body camera with you? Yes. Well, yes, because the the deputy seemed very confused about what happened when I put my size 13 boot up across his face. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I'm not going to, I'll tell you, ma'am, I let him have it. I, I told him what I thought about him coming on to me like that with his hocus and his pocus. Yes, I'm sure you did. I grabbed the, the flask again. <laughs> <laughs> but I agreed to stop by and, you know, just have a look and see exactly what happened. Because, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that Jack here isn't playing with my mind, but you haven't been drinking, I don't think. No, generally I stay away from it. I hand him the flask yeah. back. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's good. This is this is horrible poison. I take another drink. But I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what. I've uh, I've never I've never quite heard of two people having the same sort of experience hallucination. Yeah, this sounds uh, a little spooky to me, Doc. Exactly at the same time. Would you mind if I came along with you tomorrow to view the footage? Oh sure, of course. You see, I also um, I also um, found a way to see, in a matter of speaking, what happened to the individual I encountered in the theater, and it seemed he was moving somehow without his own permission as if he were walking along mechanically or as if he were uh perhaps hypnotized puppet yes okay oh you know there was a key bit of information too yes when i first mentioned miss uh haven's name oh man that deputy took it sour he uh he 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 about turned on me right then and there just by mentioning her name Hmm. so i'm not sure we're gonna find many friends Especially in the law. That is good information. At least in the in the law here. We should probably keep keep this under wraps. Speaking of which, where's that no good godforsaken LJ? I'm I'm pretty sure he's dead. So what should we do now? Why wait, why would he be dead? Have you seen that flock of seagulls haircut he's sporting? 
He didn't make it. Yeah, I see. I, I, I bet. Should we go go check him out? What should we do? I, I'm I'm a little bit of a loss right here. When I was investigating what had happened with Eric, the person who I believe took the form of Haven in the theater earlier, I saw all three of us. Now, it seems to me that you and I had this experience at the same time, and I have a sneaking suspicion that LJ may have had one as well. What exactly are we talking about? You're you're speaking in 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 mumbo-jumbo... What what are you about? Visions? I spied on his memories, and he remembers seeing all three of us at the same time. You did what? Hold on, Doc. Excuse me? I mean, you asked for a simpler explanation. I don't know how much simpler to put it. It's a simple trick. Anyone could do it. I, uh, I reconsider my life decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, alright, uh, alright, just just say I believe you. Uh, you went gandering off somebody's memories. Alright, continue. Just, just, just continue. I'm gonna sit down. Well, I wanted to find out what happened. You don't have to sit like a kindergartner. Whatever makes you comfortable, I suppose. Perhaps you're right. We should go to the place where Haven was last seen. And if something's happened to LJ, he could be out there. LJ's dead. You keep saying this. He went off all lone wolf gallantry, you know. Then we should find... He probably can't even change his own oil. He's hopeless. Then we should find the place that he was last seen. Alright, we'll go find him. That way we can, you know, file our missing persons report in the morning when we go check that body cam. Would you like to drive or shall I? I'll drive. I'll drive. I thought you might like to. I'll drive. I'm going to wait and say I'm going to sober up and do the responsible thing. Slap myself a couple times, wash my face, think about that woman. Are you taking any equipment? Uh, sure. I'm going to grab my go bag. Jacob slaps himself around a little bit. He'd want to do the sensible thing. If for no other reason that he just saw some weird deputy dude turn into some missing person. I mean, that's... I'd want to make sure I'm awake and slap. Yeah, that's a sleepless night. In that case, let's do this. On the road again. You drive out on Highway 36, headed west. The road dips down into hollows, rises up onto the tops of uh, small hills. It is central Missouri, so there's not a lot of those, but you are near a river too, so you are into in some slightly hillier country. There are... Trees to either side of you interspersed with farmland above the scudding clouds, sometimes hide, sometimes reveal a partial moon, and I assume country music blaring out of the radio. No, 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 it's not country. No, it's like old ACDC, old rock. I thought you were going to say like, no, he listens to like glam pop. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) No, I got a cassette player in this thing. And then you see up ahead um, a motorcycle parked along the side of the road. Uh, This is about 30 miles west of uh, Macon. It's just outside the town of uh, Brookfield. Okay, I'm going to turn on my high beams. I've only got one headlight. I'm going to turn on my high beams, make sure that that is it. (laughs) You turn on your high beam. (laughs) Is that Jacob? No, I'm Jacob. Is that LG? I love the idea of you saying that in character. <laughs> I told you he was dead. He just leaves his bike out here in the middle, or whoever that is, they're dead. I've been a cop long enough to know exactly what's going on right here. I I didn't get a close enough look at his motorcycle to know what it looks like. Let's pull over and, and uh and check on it. You could just give it a little nudge with the front bumper. I could tell you when it's lying over on the side. But it might not be his. 
so maybe we should uh, check it. Let's stop and get out. Okay, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep the engine running just in case. LJ's Harley is a 1981 Sportster. And what does this motorcycle look like in front of us? It appears to be a blue uh, 1981 Harley Sportster, the Milwaukee edition. Taking a glance from here before we get out, I'm gonna I'm gonna look around. Is there? Are we, are we getting jumped here? I mean, what's out here? We're in the middle of nowhere. You said it's on the side of the road? Yes. Yeah, is there anyone, like, is there anyone obviously around? Are there trees nearby? Or This is actually a section of forested area on both sides of the road, relatively close by. Oh, good. That's comforting. Oh, that's really creepy. The motorcycle is well illuminated in the uh, single high beam light from Jacob's truck. Well... The ticking of Jacob Truck's engine is the only real sound in the silence of the night. Pop out that mag light. You feeling good about this, Doc? And the wind high in the trees. Are you feeling good about it? I feel like I need a drink, but I'm out. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, Now, you're not squeamish at the sight of dead bodies, are you, Doc? I give him this look, just like, please. Uh, I think I would also have a flashlight in the bag, and I'm going to pull that out. I'll holster my, my gun, just for safety's sake, and we'll start shining my light around, and we're going to start walking around. I'm c- coming the area, looking behind us, looking in front of us. Was there any traffic on the road out here? Um, a little bit, but not a lot. Nobody even really slows as they pass by. Grace, you do notice that when Jacob has his gun out and his light going, he actually seems reasonably competent. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm checking us out, making sure we're good. Nobody's up behind us. I've never participated in a search party before. I'll follow his lead. I was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop for a second, uh, Doctor. You got a. You got a gun on you? Uh, I do actually. Are you competent? You know, just just in case, you should probably have that in your hand. Just saying. I sling the bag back in the truck and uh, pull the pull the gun out. I just feel like we're like in an ambush. You know, that's. I'm like looking behind us. You know, because there's forest on both sides, right? You know, I'm just worried. I'm paranoid. Uh, read a bad situation. All right, here we go. So I got a total of 11. Nice. All right, yeah. So first off, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Good question. You shine your light up the road. You shine your light down the road. You go out into the woods a little bit on the opposite side of the road from where the motorcycle Mm -hmm. is. Then you go into the woods a little bit on the side that the motorcycle is. And... You're just not getting that, uh, you don't see anything, and you're not getting that prickling at the back of your mm. neck that you, you sometimes did back when you were about to go into a, a meth house and yeah. um, you knew that, you know, there was something waiting for you. My intuition isn't isn't kicking in here. In that case, you know what? There's one other thing. So I got a hold three. That last one says, what's the best way to protect uh, victims? I'm just trying to make sure I keep the dock safe. What's the best way for me to keep the dock safe? Stay alert, keep your gun up, don't shoot her. <laughs> no, I have excellent, excellent trigger control. I'll just hold on to the other one. If there's no dangers and she's safe, then I don't see anything else. Let her do her thing. She's the doc. I want to, after we've established that like LJ isn't like they're unconscious on the ground or anything, I think what I want to do is my weird science move again. I want to use magic to... What? What I really want to do is like like an advanced like tracking thing where I figure out where LJ went or something like that. Whatever would work to kind of figure out where to go from here based on a clue that I want to find using this. You start putting together some gear out of your bag, possibly some of the um, aluminum crap that's in the 
back of Jacob's truck. There's a lot. I probably brought that giant magnifying glass, which is a good, like, focus for spells that, um... Magnifying glass and goggles, I believe. Yeah, and then, uh... I need something of the person that I'm trying to look for. His motorcycle's right here. I'm just going to set up all my stuff around that. Okay. Weird science it. I'm like, what in tarnation? Dr. Grace begins to put together a contraption is the best word that you have for it, uh, Jacob. As she just starts screwing things together, almost seemingly at random. And yet... As she begins to finish, uh, sparks and fizzing come from the device. And then I put it on my head because it's a pair of goggles with a, <laughs> with a big magnifying what? glass in front. I think the magnifying glass is in front of one lens and just like makes my eyeball look really big. What on earth are you doing? Shh. Trace a circle around the motorcycle and uh, in the dust. And then I go up and I am going to touch the motorcycle and roll my dice plus weird, which is a plus two, so ten is my total. Here's what happens. So you put on your goggles and you adjust them. Uh, A strange green light glows from behind, illuminating your eyes to Jacob, the one-eyed giant, because of it being magnified by the magnifying glass. And when you look at the bike, the bike disappears. It doesn't just disappear in your vision, Grace. It disappears in Jacob's, too. I was going to say, like, I'm touching it. I feel it disappear also. Yeah, you feel it disappear. It vanishes in front of you. You actually see in a bright uh, glow, like uh, when glow-in-the-dark stuff is working really well, you see its tracks head off down the road a little ways and then do a U-turn and head back toward Macon. Hmm. I've joined a cult. You, Jacob, do not see that part, but you do see the motorcycle disappear. I'm going to shakenly get a cigarette out and light it. What is going on? That's odd. The trail actually does begin to fade shortly after the the tracks move past you headed back toward Macon. So if you wish to follow them, you'll have to get after them. I start like shoving everything back into my bag and then still with the big goggles on, I'm like slapping it. Jacob's arm like, get back in the truck, get back in the truck. We need to follow the tracks back to Macon. I slide across the hood. <laughs> Woo! And I, I get in there, slam the door. I don't know what's going on anymore. I've joined a cult. This whole night's gone to hell. Let's go. <laughs> what am I doing? Where am I going? I'll give you directions. Just follow the follow road what? back to Macon. The highway back to Macon. Oh, God. I'm, all right. I'm just shaking my head the entire time. <laughs> Just trust me. Jacob hits the gas, turns the truck around, and um, heads back toward Macon. There, the tracks lead you on a merry little chase around town. First to a small house just on the outskirts, then downtown to the sheriff's office, where they stop for a little while, and then all the way out of town and to Highway 63, where they go south for a little while, to where a dark building looms far off to your right, down its own private driveway, accessed through a set of pillars marked with large lion head carvings. The building itself is mostly dark. There are a few uh, lights on in uh, the windows here and there. The entire roof, though, is glowing because the roof appears to be glassed in, and that light appears to be coming from some central chamber or 
courtyard or something within the main building itself. Over the main gate, which uh, is closed with uh, cast iron gates, uh, written out in cast iron are the words, The House. Knew it! The uh, tracks go in through the gate, even though the gate's closed, and then come back out. He stopped here, but it wasn't his eventual destination. How do you... Oh, okay. Uh, all right. All right. The tracks come out of the uh, gate and turn back north on 63. They take you back into town, back to the sheriff's office. They go to another building in town, stay there for a little bit, leave that, and then head back down 63, past the house, and into a field where all that's left nowadays is a rather dilapidated building. But out front, where there might have used to have been a drive that would have taken you in, is still a marquee that still has a few letters on it that indicate that this might have been the drive-in theater. Mm. In these invisible tracks you're having me follow, they end here? Um, no. And this has taken a while. So you're... Yeah, this is... The night has moved on. You're actually getting pretty close to dawn now. And the tracks head out... How far can he go in a single night? Head up 63 again, and then head west on 36, until it's um, actually about where you found the motorcycle in the first place. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> what? That's where the tracks go. I I don't know what else to tell you. Let's see what's there now. And then then they do something very freaky. The tracks double. Oh. And turn back on themselves and head back toward Macon. What? And so you do another Yui. And by now, Dawn is quite visible above the eastern horizon, and the tracks are getting a lot more difficult to see. They cut off to the north, take you up to another road, head east, and take you to a cemetery. Lori's motorcycle, his Harley, is actually sitting on the grass, gleaming in the sun as if recently washed. I'd like to go up to it and you know check to see if the engine's warm. It is. Oh, why the hell would he be here? I don't think this involves investigate a mystery or anything. Well, you know what? Actually, it does. Yes, it does. Who would like to roll and investigate a mystery? I'll do it. Oh. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's great. It's, it's a free, y'all. I rolled snake eyes. Here's what you find. Yes, you discover that the engine of uh, his Harley is still warm. Then, not too far away, there's a disturbance in the earth as one of the graves, which kind of looks like it's freshly dug, though the, the dirt just sort of rolls away from it. And LJ sits up in the grave. <laughs> Holy shit! I draw my weapon. Uh. You know, they make movies about this. <laughs> oh, God. Not again. He looks around, sees the bike first, sees you, and then says, oh, oh my god, that was such a crazy trip, you guys. I gotta tell you about what happened. The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel, with theme music by Zoe Hovland, and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks.